So for basically as, as long as I can remember, I've had this this little pet peeve, it's not, a, it's not something that really annoys me, but just something that like slightly gets under my skin. And I promise none of you have done this to me, and so that's why we can talk about it this morning. <laughs> but seriously, like my whole life, it's been this thing that if somebody asks you uh, if you've seen a certain movie, and then you say, no, I actually haven't seen that one yet. They don't just go, oh, you should really watch it. It's really good. They go, you haven't seen that movie yet? <laughs> And I'm like, I'm always like, what do you, what do you want me to say to that? No, no, I, I haven't seen it. And um, maybe, maybe, maybe right now you're thinking, okay, he's talking about truth. He's talking about movies. I thought he was going to say something about you haven't, or you can't handle the truth. Hasn't he seen a few good men? Yes, I've, I've seen the movie. I've seen the movie. Um, but when I was really little, this really embarrassed me when somebody would, would say, you haven't seen that movie. So I came up with a solution. I would just pretend that I had seen it, right? <laughs> I'd say, oh, oh, yeah, I love that one. I, that's a, that part's hilarious. Yeah, great. And if you're saying, Vicar, that's terrible, I don't do it anymore, okay? I don't do it. But it was just, you know, I figured it was just easier that way. Just, just tell them what they want to hear. And I'm guessing that I am not the only one here this morning who has at some point decided, you know what, it'll just be easier if I just tell this person what they want to hear. Right? Um, I mean, that, that's a beautiful painting that you made, right? Or uh, th- that gift you gave me is really, really unique. I just love it. Um, sometimes we just tell people what they need to hear. And I'm not, I'm not here to say that you should never bend the truth a tiny bit just to, to spare somebody's feelings, right? That can be a good thing. But I do think it is a li- at least a little bit sad how often the truth ends up taking a backseat to, to telling people what they want to hear. And really, in our, our verses that we're focusing on this morning from Second Timothy, God reminds us that that's kind of how human beings are wired. We, we want people to tell us what we want to hear. And that's true even when it comes to God's word. It maybe is even true especially when it comes to God's word. We'll read, we'll read one of those verses from Second Timothy again. God says, The time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. So are we there? Is that, are those words that you could use to describe our world that's around us right now? Um, I'm seeing a lot of nodding heads. Sadly, sadly, it's a very accurate description of our world, right? We see, the, we see this all the time, that, that people seemingly are turning away from obvious truth to believe what they want to believe. And really that reality should probably be a reminder to us about the, the power of the sinful human nature. If you ever start thinking, you know, human beings, we're generally, we're generally pretty good, right? I would just encourage you to think about some of the ways that when you give the, the sinful nature just, a, just an inch, it's always going to take a mile. I think of our own nation as an example of this. You know, our, our country was founded on the, these, these fundamental principles of, of personal freedoms. And that was a, that was a really noble and, and kind of a novel idea 300 years ago. That wasn't really something that existed in the world at that time. And yet the founders of this country said, no, people are entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I kind of wonder if those founding fathers showed up in 2023 if they would say something like, well, Hold on, we meant we meant within reason. It's very it's very evident as we look around our world and our society 
that it's a, it's a frightening number of people that live by the life philosophy of it's, it's my personal freedoms and it's the pursuit of my happiness that takes number one priority. And so in a, in a world where, where me is always number one, in a world where, where, where I take priority over everything else, that very quickly turns into a world that says God is hateful, God is unloving, God is, God is bigoted, and because the God of the Bible is all these terrible things, well, then he probably just doesn't exist at all, is the, the conclusion that our world quickly comes to. And, and in what can sometimes sound oddly similar to, to a, a three-year-old yelling at mom for being mean and saying no, our world says again and again that, that God has to be wrong because the Bible teaches things that, that I don't agree with. You know, God says that moderation is a good thing and self-control, but I, I think life is better lived when you throw moderation out the window, so therefore, God must be wrong. And, and we, see, we see how backwards that is. Or God says that, that he has a design for, for human biology and human sexuality, and, and he designed these things in a certain way, and yet the, the world says, well, God, that takes a back seat to, to my desires and what I want. And so, again, therefore, God must be wrong. Or in our world, you know, arrogance is praised and humility is mocked. Or you can find a million examples of this, right? You can, you can pick, your, pick your sinful behavior, pick your sinful activity, and you can probably find a, a group or a belief system that will tell you that that evil thing is actually a good thing. Our society, our world, we have surrounded ourselves with people who will tell us what we want to hear. And I think it's interesting. Well, if it's a world where people just, just take what they want, that at least means, at least means everybody's got to be happier, right? And yet, every study, every statistic that you can find about the, the emotional state of the Western world will, t- will tell you that we are, we are sadder and we are lonelier than we've ever been. It's almost like God is indirectly telling us something that he directly tells us in his word again and again and again. You are made for something so much bigger than living life only to serve yourself. Do you ever read a a part of God's word and hear something that God says is going to happen in the future and then just kind of think, man, I sort of hope God's going to be wrong about this one. I kind of feel that way about these words from 2 Timothy. I mean, I don't want any of this to happen. I don't want people to turn away from the truth and believe things that aren't true and believe lies and myths and just what they want to believe. And yet when God says that something is going to happen, it always happens. And so so myths over truth, people believing what they want to believe rather than what God says, we see it all happening all the time. And maybe every time you see it, maybe it a little bit makes you want to throw your hands up in the air in frustration. Lord, have mercy on this world. And yet, if those words cross your mind or come out of your mouth, let them also be followed with, Lord, also have mercy on me. Because that that same sinful nature that we see so obviously in the world around us, well, it's also at work on, on, on us day in and day out. And that, that same tempter who wants 
the, the world to believe all these different delusions. Well, he also wants you to believe the delusion that you are immune to his temptations. It's very obvious what lies the world is itching to hear, but the m much more difficult question for us to wrestle with and answer is, is what, ear, what lies are my ears itching to hear? And so, so life as a Christian, it really is, it is a fight. It is a constant battle of the new me, the new me that we're so happy to say is, is holy and forgiven because of Jesus, but that new me is also always fighting against that old me that still desperately clings on to that, that sin that separates us from God. That's why God calls it a fight. It is a struggle. And, and part of that struggle really means answering that question honestly. What does my sinful nature want me to believe that just simply is not true? You know, maybe, maybe we want to believe. It doesn't hurt somebody as much to, to say mean things behind their back as it does to say it to their face, and so it's really not a big deal. We've probably all believed that at some point, and yet God says that's a lie. That's a lie. Or maybe we're, we're tempted to believe, you know what, I, I follow God's design for, for marriage, and therefore it doesn't really matter as much where I allow my, my eyes or my thoughts to wander. God says not true. You know, I, I, I have my vices, but they're not as bad as other people's, whatever it is. We all tend to, to cling on to that lie that we're going to be okay because there's always people who are worse than us, right? And so even, even to us, to his believing people, God constantly pleads with us to turn away from lies and turn to the truth. And so I suppose that does then beg the question, what really is the truth? And maybe we think about that as being like this big modern question because we live in a, a world where people question whether there is universal or absolute truth. But it's really not a new question because if you, if you remember, Jesus himself was asked that question. Pontius Pilate said, what, what really is truth? And what prompted that question from Pilate? Well, well Jesus, Jesus had just said this. Jesus said, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So Pilate says, what is truth? And because Jesus is our, our sinless Savior, Jesus doesn't, doesn't mock Pilate's question. And yet the answer to Pilate's question was standing right in front of him. Jesus himself is the truth. Jesus is the truth. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus is the truth. Jesus also teaches us that, that God's word is the truth. He once, he once prayed on behalf of, of his disciples, this, as, we, as we read earlier, that he was sending them out as his messengers, and he said, God, sanctify them, make them holy by the truth. Your word is the truth. Jesus teaches us that he himself is the truth, but also that God's word, that the Bible is the truth. And so going back now to our our verses from 2 Timothy today. We, we heard Paul say these, write these words to Timothy, to his, his understudy, and preparing him for what was to come. And he said, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, I give you this charge. Now remember, this is, this is like Paul's dying wish here. This is really important. This is going to be something huge, right? I give you this charge, Timothy. And he just says, Preach the word. Maybe not, maybe not the big 
extravagant instruction that we expect to hear, but preach the word is the, the very serious charge that Paul gives to Timothy as his dying wish. Preach the word, Timothy, and why? Well, we, we talked about that quite a bit already. Why does he say preach the word? Because he said there's going to come a time when people don't want to hear it. There's going to come a time when people don't want to listen to the truth. They want to turn away from the truth. And so you fight for the truth with God's word. As Jesus said, God's word is the truth. To fight for that truth, we preach the word. We preach the word. Paul left Timothy with, with a few different instructions, and there were, some, there were some additional instructions added on to the end. He told him to preach the word in season and out of season, which just means when it's convenient, when it's not, whether it's going to be received positively maybe or, or also when we know that it won't be. Preach the word. Fight for the truth. And he also says do that with, with great patience and with careful instruction. Fight for God's truth by preaching that word. And, and maybe now you're going, okay, Vicar, why are you saying all this stuff to us? Because this is a letter written from one pastor to another pastor. Isn't this supposed to be pastor's jobs? And in a way, in a way, you're right about that. <laughs> but we could also pull up other, other sections of God's word that say that fighting for God's truth is the responsibility of every Christian. But I, I would also make this point that even though pastors are the ones who publicly preach the word, who publicly preach the truth, and, and publicly talk about these, these very practical issues, I would say you're all the ones who actually live them. You know, I, I have two coworkers, and they're, they're both here right now, but you all go to your, your various places of employment, and you, you deal with people every day who, who don't know the truth. You probably have friends who, who question what the truth really is. How can you know? How can you be certain? How can you trust anybody? Or maybe you have, you have family who, who once knew the truth and, and turned away from it. And so then you have the option, well, do, do I turn my back on them in frustration or do I continue to show them the love of Christ so that maybe someday when they have nowhere else to go, they come to me and I point them back to that truth. And I know that kind of sounds hard. <laughs> and I, it is. Faith, faith really takes a lot of work. And maybe we don't always talk about that. And yet, God calls it a fight for a reason. It is a struggle. But it is also a struggle that, that we go through together as a, a family of believers. And, and so I just want to mention one more time that, that, that Bible study that we're going through this summer, talking about how to grow great faith. You know, we just had, had one lesson so far, but I think everybody who was there would agree that through this study, it's already obvious that we're going to, to help each other to struggle this struggle and to fight this fight. And... That doesn't, always, that doesn't always seem like the easiest thing. We talk about it being a fight and a struggle, but let's never talk about that struggle as if it's something that is not worthwhile. Let's always remember the beauty of this truth that we're fighting for. Remember why it is such an incredible thing to hear Jesus say that he himself is the truth. Even in our times when we fail to live our lives 
for Jesus. It is Jesus who, who makes us whole. It is Jesus who makes us holy. Jesus takes sinners like us who, who want to cling on to lies that we want to believe, and yet he loosens that grip of sin on our hearts. And, and G- only through Jesus can we turn away from those lies and, and turn back to the truth. Paul had one, one final point to, to leave for Timothy. And he said, at the end of his race, which was, was drawing near, at the end of his fight that he was fighting, he was waiting for this, this crown of righteousness. And yet he said, it's not just for me. He says, it's for, for everyone who has longed for Jesus appearing. It's one of those cool places where the Bible's talking about us. That crown of righteousness is waiting for everyone who is longing for that day when they get to see, to see Jesus. So at the end of this struggle, at the end of this fight, God says, there's a prize waiting for you. And it is a prize that none of us would ever be able to win on our own. And so thank God. Thank God that it is a prize that, that Jesus won for each and every one of us. As we fight this fight of faith, there, there are probably going to be times where it's not convenient to stand up for God's truth. And in those times, maybe we do want to take the easy way out. Maybe we do want to just tell people what they want to hear. Be, because God's truth can be hard sometimes. It can be hard truth. And yet, are you a Christian because you just love hearing hard truth all the time? No, you're, you're a Christian because you, you can't get enough of the easiest truth in the world. The truth that Jesus is your Savior. The truth that Jesus washes you clean of all of your sins, of all of the, the lies that you hang on to in your heart. The truth that, that God wants you to know is that Jesus lived for you and he died for you and he won heaven for you. He won that crown of righteousness for you. And as we talked about with, with the kids this morning and last week and all throughout soccer camp, every victory that is Jesus is a victory that he gives to us. Jesus has one, one more word about truth us to look at this morning. Jesus said this, if you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The amazing truth of God's, of God's gospel, the ama- amazing truth of God's grace is that because of what Jesus did for you, you are, you are free. You are free from the punishment that your sin deserves, and you have a crown of righteousness waiting for you in heaven. So until you get there, fight for the truth and and cling to that truth, the truth that Jesus is your Savior. And let that truth of Jesus and his forgiveness set you truly free. Amen. The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand. As we'll, we'll join in our confession of faith with uh, the words of the night.